Good Jobs podcast. I appreciate you jumping on. Thanks for having me. Sorry, it's like super dingy today. It's storming in Florida, so. You know, if you could control the weather, I'd be further impressed with you. I'm already super <laughs> impressed by your hustle and your your branding ability that we'll talk about here in a moment. But if you could control the weather, that would be a whole other level. I mean, I can create a storm if you really want. <laughs> that is one thing I know of you for sure. Awesome. <laughs> Um, well, you know what? I feel so blessed because you actually knew about Six Figure Jobs before it launched. And mm -hmm. because of our friendship working together in a couple other avenues, um, you've had a backseat uh, or a uh, VIP, you know, uh, behind the scenes pass. And um, <laughs> I've also been blessed to know about you in multiple facets. And um, as I introduce you to the audience, let me just say, your level of grind. And this is not like Instagram grind. This is not like um, folklore. This is your actual work ethic. It's just impeccable. And, and when you pair that with the brains that you have and the vision you have, it's incredible what uh, a woman like you can create in this yeah. world. So I'm just going to start there. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, um, Sophie Bowman, uh, she is a marketing expert, a branding expert, um, obviously not from America. So she has a global mindset. Um, <laughs> um, welcome to the Six Figure Jobs podcast officially. It's an honor to have you here today. Yeah. I, it's an honor to be here. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. It's, um, it's a really cool thing you're doing. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Thanks so much. You know, um, I, I've, I've been a fierce advocate for women my entire life. You know, my mom, actually, I was on the phone with her, or as we say in the UK, my mom, uh, <laughs> we were on the other day and she was, she was dropping some knowledge on me. And she was like, you remember that time that I had the three jobs and I was just working to keep food on the table for you and your brother? And I was like, yep. Wow. Those stories from that time in my brother and I's life really shaped who I've become as an executive because, you know, we had food assistance. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember one Christmas we had um, the, you know, what we call in the States Salvation Army because uh, we didn't have enough money for Christmas gifts. So I knew that my mom had taken these toys from some of the kids who were more fortunate and given the toys to me. And um, it was just like a moment like, damn, you know, like I knew the difference. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you're too humble to say anything. And now, like the other day, just to give the listeners an insight, you uh, FaceTime me from your boat. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Things have changed. Super, super blessed. So 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 tell us, I, I, I give that intro story just to talk about mindset, because mm -hmm. Six Figure Jobs podcast is all about people like you that have created everything that you have like you you haven't been gifted your success so <clears throat> all i try to do here on the podcast is to interview real friends everybody on the podcast is someone i really have a relationship with and talk about like damn like what was the mindset to create it so first of all tell us your story because this audience is going to love you like <laughs> i do i think i mean honestly i was my resume reads like ADHD for real. Like I've been in so many different industries. Um, you know, I started out kind of PR events, doing stuff like 
launch parties for Kanye West. That was an experience. Um, and John Legend. And then I kind of jumped around. I wanted to work in the magazine, which people thought I was crazy. Like they were saying, you can't do everything. But it kind of, I was winging it, but I kind of had a plan, if that makes sense. So eventually, you know, like I had that insight. I know how editors work now. I know Mm -hmm. like what day they need certain things. I know what they're looking for. I know to summarize, you know, if you're pitching, God, don't send a press release, send like a four sentences, hook them with something, have a strong hook send images, all of this kind of stuff. So I was just getting all of this inside info. Then I had my early midlife crisis when I turned 30 and realized I'd never lived abroad. So I went to stay with a friend in Marrakesh for my 30th birthday and just put a deposit down on an apartment. I moved there, I think it was about five, six weeks later. So before I went, I had to suddenly set up my business online, you know, get some clients on a retainer because I want to be making GBP and US dollar I'm in Morocco because otherwise I would have been earning nothing. So over there, it was really fun, you know, like the start of the entrepreneurial journey, like working from my five-floored house with like three ensuite bedrooms. It was beautiful. You know, I had a a cleaner, I had a cook, um, all for like $500 a month. So I was a pampered princess, and then I moved to Miami. <laughs> so things were slightly different. Right, yeah. Um, but, you know, I really, it was weird because at the time when I decided this whole, you know, move to Marrakesh and start traveling and everything, I lived in Australia for a while too. I, um, you know, I just got this feeling at the time. I was teaching at a special needs school and the the children were just becoming increasingly violent every year that we took new kids. And I thought, Christ, I can't do this for the rest of my life. You know, there's no opportunity to make more money. And it was just like, I was drowning in that environment. You know, you can't put an ambitious person in a job and tell them they're never really going to get a pay rise for the next 20 years. Like it was depressing. Mm -hmm. So you know, thank God this side hustle thing that I'd already been doing just blew up. Um, so when I relocated to, you know, Miami four years ago, I already had that basis, you know, I had a foundation. I didn't have any clients. I was living in a studio, sleeping on a blow up mattress because I'd spent all of my money on like flights and the relocation. And then, you know, I got the tourist tax, like, because I'm not a a citizen, I had to pay like four months up front or five months up front rent or something to get my own place. So it was definitely, you know, it was a journey, but I think like one thing which I think is really relevant now is like you were talking about mindset and that's something that's got me through so much, you know, like everyone was doom and gloom about this whole pandemic. I'm like, But first of all, you get to work from home. We're saving a lot of money. It's more like cost and time efficient. You can work on that stuff you've been saying you're going to do for ages, but never get around to. I mean, I've launched a new startup during the pandemic. I've written quite a few pieces for Forbes. Like I'm making the most of this time. Um, And actually in the last month, like I quit drinking alcohol just because, you know, there's so much stuff going on for me to be really like on it and keep pushing and pushing and pushing every day to do the amount of stuff I want to do. I can't be hung over for like two days feeling like I don't want to do anything. It just, it's not productive. Um, 
And even like just to take the story to another direction, like last year, I actually went back to London for my birthday for the first time in three years. So, you know, it was very over exciting seeing everyone. Um, for, you know, whatever reason, I had an accident, broke my jaw. Um, but again, like I came back to the States. I actually flew back within 24 hours, which was a big mistake. <clears throat> yeah, um, flying with a broken jaw. <laughs> I look like a monster. But, um, you know, that was kind of humbling. And like for two months, I was on a liquid diet. I didn't really want to leave the house. You know, I um, lost obviously some weight, but then I got scouted. So then I ended up walking down the runway at Miami Swim Week. I mean, you really mm -hmm. couldn't make this stuff up. But you know, I love putting these stories on it because people are just like, Jesus. You know, like you have to see the opportunity and everything. So yeah, that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, no matter yeah. what, you you found diamonds in whatever rough patch you were in. Yeah, and I think you know that's something that I I don't really understand when people don't see that. Like I'll get frustrated with people that are getting like you know depressed being home during quarantine and stuff. I'm like, what? This is great. I've been training for this my whole life. You know, yeah. I now have an excuse not to go anywhere that I don't want to go because I'm mostly antisocial and an introvert. And um, there's just so much time to work on projects. Like, I think I'm borderline, like, nerd because, you know, Saturday I was excited because it was raining. So that's the perfect excuse to write on Forbes articles all day. Right. I really know how to have fun, James. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. that. That's another thing I admire about you. I, I, I think even though you have insane work ethic, I always, every time I connect with you, you, you also are having a good time. And I know people ask yeah. me all the time, like someone messaged me the other day, like, <clears throat> how do you do all that you do? And I said, well, I mean, I have 7 a.m., I have 6 a.m., I have 9 p.m., okay. I have, I have a, a half hour here, a half hour there, a half hour here. I mean, yeah. it's just consistency nonstop. Yep. But I also will take two hours to go for a run and like really look at the water and pray or like, you know, throw on some future and throw on some ratchet shit and dance. I mean, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's all in there. Like, that's the thing you have to, I think one thing I learned kind of last year was you have to make that time for fun as well. Like it can't yeah. be a hundred percent work, which is kind of going against something I've been doing for the last nine years. But you know, you don't, a lot of the younger entrepreneurs, I say to them, you don't want to end up like me, like all of a sudden realize, you know, you're 36 and you haven't really, you forgot to make time for like a boyfriend or, you know, have a family. Like that just wasn't really on my agenda. Right. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like you said, like you've seen, I, I've had a lot of fun, but I'm pretty chill now. I feel like, you know, I got it all out of my system, exercise the, the day drinking Miami demons. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sophie, I, there's one thing that I, I think a lot of people need help with in the six figure jobs community. Um, and it's knowing how to and having the guts to practice self-promotion. Because what I've seen you do time and time again, and I know you can do, you're not afraid to raise your hand and say, me, I'm the right person for that opportunity. And because you've been able to raise your hand, you've worked for Kanye, you've worked for lots of people, and you in your own right are a influencer without the influence of other <laughs> celebrities. Um, and, yeah. I, and a lot of people in the job market that we talk about um, especially um, 
again, going back to the story about me being an advocate for, for women, um, you know, the studies show very clearly that because of gender dynamics, women aren't taught to negotiate or to ask or volunteer. So within three jobs in their career, you know, uh, years one through three, years three through five, years five through, let's say, seven or eight years, by the time they get to the third job, they're 20 to 30 percent underpaid, sometimes 40 percent underpaid because they've just accepted everything that's been given without questioning or challenging. So how, how would you talk to uh, a 28 year old woman right now, you know, or a 24 year old guy that, that doesn't understand it yet. And how would you coach them on self-promotion without guilt? Because even when you say self-promotion, people immediately go, Oh, I hate people like that. And I was like, <laughs> uh, actually there's a, there's a secret and a science to it. There really is. And it's a really good question. I think, um, you know, it can always be a little bit uncomfortable. So I always have my kind of sarcastic, famous British humor to fall back on. So I'll make a joke of it, you know, like in the Friday movies where the guy shouts message, I'll be like, plug. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms for like, I think one thing that really helped me was like, you know what, instead of just telling people that I'm the right person, I'm going to show them. You know, like, that's why this year I actually applied for the first time for awards and last year and then, you know, won three for this marketing campaign and something else that I did. Um, I ended up winning PR person of the year 2020. Wow. January from the Stevie Awards because just because, you know, I, I seem to have got that down to an art. And I think once you have awards and stuff, they kind of speak for themselves. You then don't feel guilty because you, you know, you're saying things that you're proud of that really kind of give you that, um, that platform to know that you're an expert, like, you know, being published as a contributor to Forbes, like that's another thing. You're letting these big publications speak to you. Yeah. Um, so that I would say is really important, you know, go for those kind of awards, get yourself some press because yeah. the more coverage you get, that's just that little bit of boost of confidence that you need every single time. Right. You know, it's funny because like when you sent me the Maxim thing and I, <laughs> I, and I voted for you, I was like, of course. And I think it's because like, I, I, I didn't look at you any sort of sideways, like, oh, mm-hmm. she's trying to promote us. I was like, nah, like I support my friend in her journey because she's dope and I know she's authentically just hustling. And like, it's so interesting. I think someone like you, Sophie, like people wind up admiring you for it. Like we, we want to see you shine Mm. because it's part of who you are and you have a grace with it. Um, So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like I didn't even think twice about it. I'm like, yeah, like I, I want to see my girl on maximum for sure. You You know what I mean? And that's the thing. And I think you have to, you know, you just have to stop giving a shit what people think. That's like, you know, there's uh, this book that I've been meaning to read forever, The Art of Not Giving an F. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've read his name. I, I've read it, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, stuff like that is really important because people are going to have, you know, shit to say about you, whether you're, you know, Mother Teresa or not. So yeah. when I did the Maxim thing, honestly, that was like a weird challenge to me. This is going to sound odd, but I've always been very confident, you know, when it comes to business, I have very like low insecurity. I know that I can walk in there and my experience and like all the different industries I know about, I already know that they make me a powerful weapon. 
Um, and for the most part, people usually like me because, you know, I'm not the usual corporate whatever. They're not expecting when I start dropping inappropriate jokes and whatnot. I mean, you know how I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think for the whole Maxim thing was kind of me pushing my way out of my comfort zone, being like, okay, 36 now, probably last time I'm ever going to do something stupid like this. I knew I wasn't going to win it because, you know, there's like a very specific um, kind of person that wins that. And that was like a new thing for me because for the most part, like if I'm applying for business awards or whatever, I'm applying for stuff. I know I have a good chance of winning. Right. But to actually go into something knowing I'm going to fail. It was a really weird experience, but you know, stuff like that again is humbling. I got cast out on media. I mean, like I had people talking about uh, my body shape, like talking about my face. I mean, people wow. were going in. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was a really interesting experience. That that is that world for sure. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you for. So, what I'm hearing you say is. Stop giving a bleep what other people think. That is the road to having successful self-promotion. And then that is a cure for being underpaid. Because as we say at Six Figure Jobs, life is too short to be underpaid. Exactly. And, I, and I always say closed mouths don't get fed. So you got to open up your mouth if you want to eat, right? Yeah, um, it's true. Especially coming from where we, where we come from, the other side of the tracks. <laughs> um, so then the last question for, for, for me um, so in terms of your branding abilities, because not only have you branded yourself, but which, by the way, which is really incredible because a lot of people are branding experts, but they haven't branded themselves. So you're like, how do how <laughs> you, you try to brand me when you haven't branded yourself? So <laughs> I know you are a branding expert because you branded yourself clearly. But how would you give, if there's three steps, two steps, five steps, I, it doesn't have to be a certain number, but for anyone who's listening right now, the guy working in a coal mine in West Virginia, the gentleman who's, who's working in the forestry industry in Oregon, the server in Miami, Florida, the bank teller in Dallas, Texas, the digital marketer in New York, and the actor here in LA, anyone and everyone, um, how would you give us a formula to effectively brand yourself across all these freaking platforms? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think the most important step is figuring out what you want to be known for. Like, what are you really passionate about? What's your mission? What are your values? So, you know, there's a part, uh, there's a piece that I wrote for Forbes, my first piece actually, which was a lot about, um, you know, using kind of social media to basically become the person you want to be. Mm. So it was kind of a weird feature. I had to edit it a bit because it was a bit complicated and I was going off on a tangent, but um, it was pretty much, you know, people, it's very much a mindset thing. It's more of the scientific side, you know, not so much fake it till you make it, but it's, we hear a lot of these quotes about, you know, make sure in your circle, you have people that are on the level you want to be. Like you, like you. Force you to level up. Yeah, you can't mess around in front of these people. So that mindset, you know, is all about being that. And I'm not saying, you know, fate that you have a Lamborghini or whatever, but it's all about the manifestation. If you're actually going and you hire, you know, a Lamborghini for a day, that's all working part and part towards where you want to be. Or if it's, you know, like getting your dream house or whatever it is, like when you're actively putting yourself in that environment, that makes a massive difference. So 
I think, you know, I was working with a lot of brands from before, but I think it was only maybe this year, really, or the end of last year where I realized, you know, I don't, I'm not going to play it safe anymore. I'm just going to be myself on social media, you know, like the the sarcasm started coming out, the inappropriate stuff, you know, drinking at like 11 o'clock in the morning during quarantine. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, and it was all, you know, very real time stuff. And <laughs> Ever since I started doing that, people have definitely gravitated more towards it. And I think that's very much like the brand. So, you know, when I did stuff like actually most people really supportive of stuff like the Maxim. When I worked with um, a bikini brand last year, people did not gravitate to that because they're not used to seeing that side of me. You know, like they're right. used to me being the kind of fun, like more like jackass, you know, yeah. that's what right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm hearing number one, be, be clear about who you want to be. Number two, be your authentic self. A hundred percent. You okay. have to be. And that's why I say, you know, um, to be really like clarify that was why I was saying, you know, don't fake it because people can see through it. You can emulate that lifestyle that you want to have and, you know, be driving a Ferrari, but you make it clear you're taking it for a test drive, whatever. Like, there's nothing worse than seeing these people posing by these cars and you know it's not their car. You just know. And honestly, like, they make themselves look stupid. So definitely being authentic. And I think, you know, one thing that I've noticed this year is people really love when you have a passion about something really clear. Yeah. That might be. Um, because I think that just shines through. Mm -hmm. I love, I love, love, love that you said that. It gets me so excited because you further re reinforce what I preach mm -hmm. and you don't like, like this isn't a rehearsed conversation, but no. the reason why I got so psyched about that is, you know, when I'm interviewing people and obviously, you know, like literally, well, that's part of what I do as a, as a chief human resources officer. I do a lot of things. Uh -huh. But one thing I always coach my teams, the recruiters that work for me mm -hmm. and hiring managers, I'm like, if they don't have an opinion that's clear and focused or a point of view about something, yep. no. Because if you'll be all things to all people and if you'll do anything and if you'll accept any job, I don't want you to work with me. Exactly. Yeah, you definitely have to, you know, know your worth and like you say you know like life is too short to be underpaid i mean a perfect example obviously won't go into names you know i was working for a, a dot-com billionaire for a long time you know someone that i genuinely love respected look up to but you know after two years we were trying to and this is a problem but it's also going to sound arrogant at the same time because of my skill set, I found myself doing like two full-time roles for this person and i wasn't being paid for that Right. And what happened at the end of the two years, I was sick of that. Um, you know, I didn't feel valued. I was honestly, I was pissed off. I was resentful. Oh, sorry, beat. <laughs> Whatever, you know, yeah. I was resentful of um, the whole situation. I was like, you know what? Eventually I start, I went elsewhere because that's what's going to happen. And you have to know your worth. And honestly, these people end up respecting that. I'll be like, look, like I've now won um, awards and, you know, like I'm published in Forbes. Like, why am I going to stick around? You know, it's like yeah. being in a relationship with someone who doesn't respect you. Like, it's, you have to know your worth. Yeah. So and then so purpose was number three and then know your worth was number four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really think you've 
broke it down. And I like how you have a retrospective of this. It's not like you had a manual. Mm. You know, this is something that you had to figure out step by step. But you you had the tenacity, and I wrote that in my journal this morning, you had the tenacity to keep stepping, regardless of a broken jaw or no money or an air mattress or a foreign country. I mean, right here uh, in Six Figure Jobs Land, I mean, we're all only authorized to legally work in America. You've done this shit across countries. Um, so that is a whole other level of overcoming and conquering fear. Yeah, I just, I really think, you know, it gets to that point. Like one of my favorite entrepreneurs is Richard Branson. Yeah. He's lived and died by one quote that I read maybe 13 years ago that was like the game changer for me, which was, uh, you know, say yes to every opportunity, figure it out on the way. And that is literally like my entrepreneurial journey. Um, you know, there's so many different like, businesses and projects that I've invested in or like, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. I'll figure it out. Like if yeah. I sit around and wait until I understand something, I'm going to be here forever. But I think, you know, one thing that I've really struggled with, especially in South Florida, without any offense intended, there is finding people that, you know, have that same proactive kind of positive mindset because you know, like if I want to learn something new and I'm going to go down a, a new avenue, I'm going to have the common sense that I'm going to educate myself on what I need to be educated on. If you're not going to hire people to cover that stuff, you have to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I always say to young entrepreneurs now, you know, like you have to have as much insight as possible into different you know, sectors and industries. Like, yeah, you can be an art designer or graphic designer or copywriter. But the more skills you can add to that makes you 10 times more um, of an asset to a, you know, a company yeah. or an agency. You have no business. Exactly. You have no business. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, well, really important. Yeah. Well, I have a premonition. Um, and then I want to see if you, if, if you have any um, parting words for, for the audience. And I'm so, so thankful for your, your, your time. My premonition is that I think you and I are going to work together. Probably. Like, I think, I think we're going to like, I'm, I'm going to join something you're doing or, or we're going to start something together, but I, I feel it. Every time we connect, there's like an energy that's palpable and powerful. So I just want to put it out here to forever live on the internet. Yeah. This is recorded. I think Sophie Bowman and James Nicholas Kennedy are going to do something that's going to be Yeah. I definitely feel that. So I just want to put that out there. That's cool. And, yeah. And then, and then, and then last but not least, um, where can people find you? Uh, you're easy to find, but I want you to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, honestly, Instagram is probably the main platform I'm using at the yeah. moment. Um, and that would be Sophie C for Claire Bowman, B-O-W-M-A-N. Um, Instagram is my main baby. Uh, but I'm actually starting to move, um, interesting fun fact, which is a good thing for young creatives to know, as you know, there's like a boycott to Facebook and stuff due yeah. to a lot of issues. So I'm actually starting up, um, a new business on discord. So I'll let you know how that's going to go. Cause I'm now having to learn all this new tech stuff in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think again, like that's always 
you know, something that young entrepreneurs should be wary of, this kind of movement, you need to be ahead of all of this. Like, you know, you need to know what's going down because there's just certain things that we can't do on Facebook anymore, you know? Yeah. I feel like I have your your parting words for you. Ooh, do it. (laughs) Well, because this this is what I'm hearing from your hustle and what you just said. I've heard people time and time again say, if you put your whole career on Instagram and you have a million followers, if Instagram shuts down, mm-hmm. what, is, is your life over? Like, what are you going to do? So in hearing you speak, you're like, you have Forbes, you have Maxim, you have your own website, you have, you have all these things where it's like, it's not just contingent on Instagram, even though that's the main way people can get in touch with you now. Instagram could go bye-bye tomorrow and you could still find you. And you know what? That's absolutely true. Like in in the Six Figure Jobs course, Mm -hmm. the main thing that I tell people is have a you.com, you know, bobsmith360.com, susiesmith.com. Every single person on the course, I say you have to have your own website. Lock up your own IP intellectual property, lock up your name. So no one has that because you are a brand. That's, that's, I mean, to me, I feel like that was your parting words. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's funny because that's something I've been preaching a lot recently. Like, let's be honest, engagement stuff, everyone, brands have been focusing so much on how many followers they have and, you know, engagement per post. Yeah, that's all kind of important, but if at the same time your followers are not doing anything for you, they're pointless. They're literally like, I just wrote a piece about this on um, the Forbes. They're literally voyeurs. They're sitting there watching you occasionally. Mm. So you have to be pushing them. Like if you're not converting them to customers and there's, you know, that could be a whole nother podcast where I actually tell business owners how to do that. It's free. Yeah. Like you just have to know how to do it. So if you're not kind of like converting those, and again, that was something I learned from the billionaire, you know, they had almost a million followers and they were doing nothing. I'm like, hey, we need to start moving these off the platform. Like we need to start, you know, getting these people into customers, like retargeting them with ads, all of this kind of stuff, because otherwise they are literally just like peeping toms. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a very interesting way to think about it. And that's so right. Yeah, they're just like looking in on your thing. Yeah, every time I say that, I just see like the creepy, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, I know. Sophie, thank you so much. You've been very generous with your time, very generous with your heart, and super generous with your knowledge. I, I'm so thankful to be your homie in the real world. Um, I'm looking forward to our next thing. Um, thank you so much for being on the Six Figure Job podcast because life is too short to be underpaid make sure to follow sophie um in her work on forbes make sure to follow her on instagram make sure to google her because she's googleable i love that word googleable 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 yeah have an amazing day i hope that south florida gets less humidity and a little less rain. You too. And next time when we brainstorm this thing that we'll be bringing to the podcast next, the James and Sophie show, uh, we have to do that on your boat. Okay. The James and Sophie I'm show. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the theme song right there. It's got a little dance to it. Working in the background. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Hey, but we can't have no our our ours has to be super posh. Like no girls dancing in the video. Like we want like people painting. You know what I mean? Like something different. Like instead of girls twerking in the background. Yeah, wow. that's getting so old now. Especially so, in Miami. It's like you so can't brunch without it in your face. So <laughs> what? Like what if we had 15 painters? That would be cool. And then and then like us just like straight, just like our own clothing line though. Like we don't do other brands. Oh, we just took it to a whole nother level. Just our our clothing line, <sighs> fine art, electric vehicles. I, ooh, I got a whole different. Oh, you know what? We have to like, there's going to be some kind of ritual to the way the clothes are made to trap positive energy, positive entrepreneurial energy. Ooh, gold fibers. <laughs> I love it. See, these vibes are high, man. These vibes are high. <laughs> Your ideas have to be crazy. Like, there's, I get really bored sometimes, you know, like with certain branding when i see some of the adverts on tv for like finance companies and stuff we know that's all like pretty boring yeah. stuff but you know back in london there was this finance company that came to me i did not want to take this client i'm like i have no interest this is boring i don't want to do it so then i ended up like organizing an event which had nothing to do with anything but it basically consisted of like um having a massive uh, inflatable sumo wrestling uh, ring and then having you know two inflatable suits and then random people that were walking to work in London in the morning were allowed to just like come up put the suit on and just fight <laughs> that's so <laughs> good anything to do with anything but it was a hit you know a lot of people got involved and it got the brand really good exposure yeah. but um well it it, yeah. it it personifies the finance min mentality like it's it's suited up, but everyone's got unboxing gloves when it comes to the finance exactly. world. That's dope. Anyway, but, but you're right. It needs to be like next level thinking. Anyway, yeah, cool. Definitely, you know, think outside of the box. Um, yeah. Anyone that's kind of not doing that is not going to make it, not just in branding and business in general. Like we've seen, especially during quarantine, we have like billions of businesses now clamoring for our attention. Yeah. So, you know, people have to really pull it out the bag now. You have, like, if your idea doesn't scare you a bit and you're worried you're going to get backlash, then it's not weird enough. Agreed. <laughs> it's not crazy enough. Yeah. Well, I'm going to book you for a coaching call so I can so I can tell you my, my crazy, crazy. Let's do it. All right. All right. Have a wonderful day. I'm excited. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, darling. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. -bye. <laughs>